Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. We are coming to you from the city of Portland, that is... The City of Roses. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about mapping your career inside the company you're already working with. You know, there are a lot of times when we get into a job, we're so excited about doing it, and we we hit the ground running, we're, we love it, or it takes us time to learn it, but after a while, we, we get into the groove, we really enjoy it, and after a period of time, and that period of time is different for everybody, we start to wonder where this is leading. Is this really what I want to do for the rest of my career? And for some people, the answer is yes. And I salute them. For people who can get into the right job at the right time and just stick with it, those are rare anymore. So my hat's off to you. I, I've, I wish I could have done that in my career. I was like most people that were either uh, guided outside of my control to new opportunities or decided that maybe this wasn't where I wanted to be the rest of my life. So that's really what we're going to be talking about today. And this really, Scott, comes from a lot of feedback we're getting in in the community uh, from people that are going through a job seeking experience or interested in exploring, right? They're in a job. They maybe been there two or three years. They're not quite sure if they're in the right role. This might be their first job out of college. Who knows? But the idea is they maybe feel stale and they don't know what to do. Right. And this can happen to somebody comment about coming out of college and don't know what to do. There are people who have been in their job for years But their company doesn't do career planning or job mapping or succession planning. And they really don't know what those opportunities might be, but they want something more. Yeah. And even if companies have that, doesn't mean they're good at it. That's true. So you really, it's really up to us as, as individuals to plan out our own careers. Right. And it's only taken me 40 years to find my passion. Oh, not that, (laughs) not that long. You're not that old. No, not yet. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. So, um, you know, really the idea here is you just, you feel like you're doing something good or you've learned your job and you just want to get to something better. Right. Uh, standing still today is almost like moving backwards. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I think about, uh, I worked with a gal years ago who was an administrative assistant. That is what she wanted to do. She was really good at it. And that was it. And she, she didn't really feel like she was growing per se, but she, things were good. But then we talked about what is it like to have personal growth within the job that you like. And that opened up some opportunities for her to really pursue working on other skills so that she could be working with other projects. And it really helped her. She didn't change jobs, but the way she was approached at the job changed. She became a subject matter expert in ways that she didn't expect. So let's talk through some ideas about what you can do if you're in this kind of situation. Okay. The first one that I think of is some people are so dedicated to their job. Mm -hmm. They have their head down. They're just grinding it out every day. And they feel like they can't lift their head up for five minutes to look around and see what other opportunities are available to them. Yeah, look up, look up. I, I, who, I wish I could remember the quote of the guy who yeah. said, "If you're looking down, that's where the devil lives," or something <laughs> like this. You know, look up, and 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 I thought, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily have used that language, but yeah. it works. One of the 
most important things, looking at it from an HR perspective, that we talk about taking breaks, especially taking a lunch break, get away from your desk. Take those opportunities. Anytime you have a break, if you're a smoker, taking a smoke break, and actually that's its own little subset at this point, but anytime you have a chance to rest your mind, do so away from your desk, observe other people, other departments, what's happening in the company, get ideas, and make new friends within your company. Yeah, I'm not sure that any company expects you to work 12 hours straight without a break, a lunch, or any kind of Not if they're in compliance with the law. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Amazon, uh, you know, anyway, there's always always an exception to the rule. Uh, And so there may be times, yes, where, you know, you have a deadline that's coming up and you have to work extra. Don't, Don't get me wrong. But you should take some time to proactively look up. Yes. Uh, Part of that process too, Scott, is actually evaluating your current state. Where are you strong? What do you like about the role you're in? Because what happens is sometimes you get two or three years in this role and you're like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm not any good. I can't get a promotion. You know, so this negative stealth talk starts coming Mm -hmm. in and you feel like you don't, you, you only think about the things you don't like. You you tap into something that I'm currently working on at, at my job right now, and that's a change management piece where we talk about uh, a change that needs to happen. It's a project we're working on. It's going to have significant changes across the entire organization. And so we're mapping out what that change is going to look like, what it's going to need, how we're going to communicate it, the whole nine yards. And we talk about... The, the, the communication plan. You have to give the why. Why is this change being made? What are the opportunities that this change provides? What uh, are the risks of not changing? Uh, and you are then looking at the current state, the transition state, and the future state. What each one looks like. Because if you don't manage all three states, then the change will not be as successful as you want. Well, if you're on the other side of that, where you are in that current state, there are things you like about it, but you want more. What that's telling you is something needs to change. So start taking a more systematic approach. What would you like to change? What does that future state look like? What will the transition state look like? How are you going to get there? Once you know what it is that needs to change, you start to look at the benefits of changing, that's when the how becomes uh, visible. And one of the things you mentioned on a prior podcast was this idea of potential, right? Is that a lot of times HR should be proactive about seeing potential in others. I think this is an opportunity to see the potential in yourself. And that's where it has to come from because so often HR is, is in the weeds with process, especially if it's a large company where there are um, uh, complaints or disputes or whatever, that's generally where they're going, plus all the documentation, all the record keeping. It's really a process-driven organization, and they are not going to take the time to reach out to you and find out what your potential is. That is on you to bring to them or to bring to your hiring manager or to some other mentor within the organization that can actually help you make the move. Or you might want to start looking outside the company to see what it compares to. Absolutely. Because you may be at a point in your company where you feel like, okay, I don't think there's anywhere else to go. And and you see this potential in yourself and you're like, okay, maybe I should consider something else. Not that you're going to leave, but you might as well consider it. 
Well, it, 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 for those who, who come from a marketing background, you know what a SWOT or strengths, weaknesses, uh, yes, opportunity, that, strengths. The, the study, that's not the right word. But yes, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you, you look at what your competitors are doing. What are your strengths in comparison? What are your weaknesses in comparison? Do you have opportunities that they don't? And what opportunities do they have that constitute a threat to you? As you're looking at other companies and what they provide in terms of employment, that can give you a really good perspective on what your company provides. And you may be able to create a new job for yourself if that the, the, the job that you're looking for doesn't exist. And, and the company will thank you. Absolutely. With a higher salary. And well, more responsibility. So. Definitely more responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's where building proactive relationships makes a difference. Uh, oftentimes we think of networking as something we do when we're out of work. Right. Well, while we're working, we should still be networking, whether that's inside the company or outside the company, uh, just to build relationships with people in areas of interest that you have. Right. Uh, and, and don't discount working with your boss. Network with your boss. Yes, you see your boss all the time. Or for those who work in the same office, if you're working remotely, hopefully you talk to your boss periodically. But use your boss as a resource. If they are good leaders, they should be the ones who are most likely to be proactive in helping you. But they have to know what your interests are. They can't read your mind. So be sure that you're having candid conversations with your leaders to make sure that they know what your interests are, what skills you want to build. They know what your strengths are. And I'm here to tell you, if you work on skills that are associated with your strengths, you are going to make a lot more progress than if you only focus on trying to strengthen your weaknesses. And part of that conversation, that candid discussion with your boss might revolve around coaching, right? So sometimes coaching comes boss to employee, but it can also come employee to boss yeah. in that you can tell your boss how you like to be managed or what areas you're interested in, or this is how I how you get good work from me. Right. What help do I need? I had a conversation not too long ago with my leader to say, I need specific direction on this project because it's a project that she was not going to let go of. And I knew it. There were political needs that she had where she had to be the one to present. She had to be the one that answered questions among the, the senior executives. I was not going to be part of those conversations. So for me to do the legwork, I needed more specific direction. I had to let her know that she obviously didn't until I said it. Well, and once you say it, it's probably a good idea to write it down in an email so that, every, so that everybody knows what you agreed to. We have a platform called Conversations, yeah. which is actually a, a, an app that we use internally that we can document these conversations. It's actually a really good platform. Well, and once you get into these candid conversations, it's much easier when it comes time to have your review or you're looking to make a, a, a ask for a raise or some sort of additional responsibility that you've already laid all this groundwork, that you've built that relationship. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of that conversation is a little bit easier. It is. The other thing is, and we kind of just brushed on it a little bit, is just develop an understanding of politics inside an organization. How do, how do things get done? How do things get right. funded? Who's in charge of the, 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 the checkbook, so to speak? Yes. And, and who's got influence and who doesn't? And wh which groups are growing and which ones aren't? There are a lot of people who don't like the idea of, of politics. There, there's a lot of negative connotation associated with the word, and for good reason. 
But when we really look at the definition of politics as simply a process that by which a company behaves, and we take that emotional side out of it, we can do things that are ethical, that are honest, that are honorable, and leverage the relationships that we have available to us. That is actually being a good employee. It's when you abuse that, when you're insincere or when you you have ulterior motives, that's when the negative comes in. So, okay, if you don't wanna play politics, then that's okay. Just leverage the good relationships that you have or the relationships that you need to have and be candid in your conversations, be genuine in what you're saying, uh, don't have ulterior motives, put them out on the table because that candor is actually going to be more respected than just simply saying, oh, I want you to be my mentor. Well, and, and something you hit on there and maybe talked around a little bit was, I think it's a good idea to listen a little bit more so that you know kind of who you can Absolutely. who you can have a conversation like that with and know your who audience. maybe you can't yep. and and you know if somebody is vocal but doesn't have any influence or cachet in the organization then how much time do you really want to spend with right. that person they may be really good to validate you and make you feel better but that's probably where it'll go exactly so and, and you know sometimes the politics might get to a point where you want to shop and compare outside the organization that's totally normal. Don't think that um, the company has an allegiance to you outside of the work that you're doing. Right. Even the best companies will be, uh, they have a responsibility to look out for the company. And sometimes we don't get included in that. So don't take it personally. Just be smart. Uh, look around. Keep your eyes open. Keep networking. Don't ever stop. Uh, know your environment and that, what do they say? Knowledge is power. Well, part of the knowledge that you need to be successful is by creating a plan. Yeah. And so nobody is going to get from A to B or from where they are to where they want to go without saying, okay, what skills do I need to learn? Uh, how do I need to learn them? Or how uh, do I market them? How do I market I already them? Have them? Who do I need to talk to? Who can I get to mentor me? Yes. If, if this isn't all written down somewhere on a plan to say, okay, this week I'm focusing on uh, uh, improving my skills. Next week I'm focusing on uh, right. mentoring with my boss, right? Uh, there are so many platitudes out there that all are true. You know, if you fail to plan, that's planning to fail. A plan not written is just a wish and yeah. all these things. And they're true. They're true. <laughs> Write it down. Put it together. And you know something? If it needs to change, change it. Yeah. You're in charge. Well, and the other one I heard is 10 minutes in planning will save you 90 minutes in execution. I believe it. So please create a plan, map out your future, and, and be inspirational. Dream a little bit. So that's it for today's episode of Job Seekers Radio. We have show notes and resources available at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero two three. So thank you again for joining us. We, we appreciate your investment of time and your attention. We are grateful for it. Uh, we want you to head over to iTunes and subscribe to get uh, future episodes. And while you're there, would you please do a rate or review for us? Let us know how we are doing for you. Your feedback is appreciated. We actually will do something with it. So please get onto iTunes and subscribe. Well, that's it. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And until next time, bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye, -bye.